What's up guys? This is Juan with another episode of Full Send. And today's episode I have Frank with me and uh, me and Frank go way back. Um, he was my boss, what, 12 years ago? It's been, I was gonna say 10 or 11 years, yeah. but maybe it's been 12 now. I think it was 2012 when uh, I started with him and his landscaping journey. And uh, so stay tuned. Let's get straight to the point. This is what you do and what you don't do. No bullshit, sugarcoat when it comes to repairs and maintenance. Advice you can go to. Full sin, no edits, cause you go to. Full sin, and we'll get you done right. Full sin, and we'll get you going right. Full sin, keep it going day and night. Now, Frank, tell us, tell everybody listening a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man. Uh, well, first, I appreciate you having me. Uh, this is a great opportunity to come out here and talk to you. Like you said, it's been what I thought it was ten years, been twelve years. Yeah, so, um, been a while. But I guess, um, yeah. Let me give a quick background of myself, and then uh, I know you've got a couple topics you want to cover. Yeah, and we can kind of get into that. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. Uh, so for myself, um, I graduated uh, from A uh, with an MIS degree, Management Information Systems, uh, and that's basically an IT degree in the business school. And so after graduating, uh, got a job at a software development company, did that for about a year, and then transitioned into uh, a bigger chemical company doing ERP software, in fact, SAP. And so doing integrations, master data, things like that. Uh, you know, did that as a, as a consultant for three or four years and then uh, transitioned to another chemical company doing pretty much the same thing in SAP. Um, <clears throat> from there, got promoted up to uh, e-business manager, did that for a few years. Uh, e-business at the time, and again, this was probably early 2000s, uh, e-business wasn't as prevalent as it is today. You know, yeah. we did have some electronic commerce, B2B, but you know, the commonplace today with portals, customers going out and placing orders, tracking orders, things. It wasn't as common back then as, as it is today. So we were kind of on the forefront um, at that point. Uh, did that for three or four years. And uh, around 2004, decided I wanted to get back, go back to school. And so uh, A&M had an executive MBA program that they were holding out there in the Woodlands. And I was working at the Woodlands at the time. So I went back to school, started that program in 2005, and that was a two-year program, graduated in 2007. And upon finishing my MBA, um, you know, I'd been working for about 10 years and uh, in IT, wanted to start branching out and get on the business side. And so I started looking at jobs on the business and uh, an opportunity came out, a customer service manager role in one of our product lines, applied, got that position. And so managed managed 14 customer service reps, which was, you know, was a fun job, um, placing <laughs> yeah. orders and, and all the drama in that, but um, was able to bring a lot of my IT skills to that job, you know, the efficiencies, the automation, you know, the electronic commerce. And so, uh, you know, I think it was a win-win for both sides. We were very efficient in what we were doing, placing orders, tracking orders, things like that. Um, and then I've got, I got that business experience um, there. From there, I went into a procurement role uh, and then another product line, you know, and that was obviously interfacing with vendors and, and doing negotiation for, you know, one of our big raw materials. And so again, great exposure. And then, you know, came around 2011 and, you know, I always had this in the back of my mind, I wanted to own my own company. 
And so, in fact, when I went back to my MBA program, there were quite a few entrepreneurs, business owners in that program. And that just kind of triggered that, you know, more and more. And, and so I always had the desire I wanted to, to, to run my own company. So around 2011, um, much to the surprise of my colleagues, my coworkers, and certainly my family, I basically quit my job, you know, steady paycheck, 401k, insurance, bonus, everything that comes Big old with a corporate job. Boom. I quit that uh, to start this company. And it happened to be a landscape company. Um, prior to that, had no uh, landscape experience, uh, unless you want to consider, you know, cutting my yard yeah. when I was a teenager, or, or yards around the neighborhood trying to make a couple extra bucks. But didn't have any prior uh, landscape experience. Didn't know one plant from another. Trees, irrigation, you know, um, drainage, all the things you need to know to to run a successful company. I didn't have that prior experience. Um, but what so what drove me to landscape was I did have a buddy I grew up with. Um, in fact, we lived together in College Station for about a year, uh, and he owned a landscape company. He was out in out west of Houston, out in Katy, and he was you know blowing it up. He was very successful, and we kept in touch you know over the years. And uh, at the time, you know I was living in I still live in Montgomery County over there in uh, north of the Woodlands. And around 2011, I think Montgomery County was probably one of the fastest growing counties in the country. Yeah, that, that if you place remember boomed. that. And so, you know, he said, Frank, I think you should start a landscape company over on your part of the, you know, your part of the world. And so, you know, that's what we did. And he helped me, you know, get started. And uh, and so, you know, that kind of fast forward that takes us to where to where you and I met. And um, real quick story: uh, after about three weeks, you know, of quitting my job, you know, establishing the LLC, all the things you have to do to, to start a company. I distinctly remember waking up one morning and uh, I was in a state of panic, really. And, you know, all of this, I was literally sweating, you know, wondering what did I just do? I quit all this, my paycheck, my, you know, my, my steady yeah. income. And um, I gave myself, you know, probably a couple of hours to process that and, and get through that. And, you know, at that time, I, you know, I figured I had two choices. I could, you know, go back, you know, say this is not going to work, try to get in, you know, get my old job back, go to Hey, corporate, man, come get, on. I'm just get, playing. It was a joke. Go back to my, <laughs> to my network. Or, you know, I could kind of get up and, and put my boots on and, and get to work and make, yeah. it, make it successful. So, you know, fortunately, it was the latter. You know, that's exactly what I did. I got went to door to door, started selling maintenance jobs in my subdivision. People I knew uh, made you know, contact with custom home builders, establish relationships there so that I could talk to their home owners and, and install their landscape, talk to commercial developers so I could get, you know, maintenance jobs and install jobs. And and so <clears throat> that's what I did. And we started, you know, we started getting jobs there. But one thing I didn't have, you know, like I said, I was just starting out is a crew. And, and that's kind of where you came in. And so, you know, along with you know, all the other things, establishing the business, you know, going out selling jobs, I, I needed to find the right people uh, for the crew. And, and that's, you know, that was one of the hardest things. And I started talking to people in my subdivision at the POA, Property Owner Association, started talking to people that work in my house, in fact. And, uh, you know, I think, I think it was your uncle, your yeah, cousin. my uncle. He was doing some tile work at the house. And, you know, I was, hey, one day I said, do you know anybody that, that does, wants to do landscape or knows or, you know, can? And, and that kind of takes us up to where to where you and I met. You came out and, you know, we hit it off. And, 
you were able to start, you know, leading the crews and, and allowing me to back off so I could do some more of the business type work, you know, for the company. But yeah, you know, so that in a nutshell, that kind of takes us to where to where you and I met. I guess it was 2012. Yeah, 2012, March of 2012. I think I just quit the prison. I worked at the prison system for about five years and um, got an ace of force and just got tired of it. And uh, I quit much again to everybody's surprise. They're like, oh, because I was up for to be promoted for sergeant and then move into intake and all different roles within the prison system. And uh, yeah, I woke up, called my sergeant. I told him, man, I said, uh, after this use of force, and uh, and I've had plenty of use of the force. It's just, I don't know, just that one was different. I was like, you know, I'm making X amount of it. It's not even covered anything. Yeah. And basically, if he would have had a shank or anything, you know, yeah. would have just stabbed me, that would have been it. Yeah. For X amount of dollars, that was amounted to like four or $500 a week. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, now that ain't for me. Yeah, but now I was at the house. Uh, actually, I think we we're about to go to the river, and my uncle called me like, "Hey, uh, I got one of my uh, customers up here that's looking for somebody who to run his maintenance crews." I'm like, well, I ain't never ran maintenance crews, but uh, I ran crews before. And I said I don't know much about cutting yards, but I mean, I'm all down for it. Well, you know, you know, it's funny you say that because. Uh, I remember when you came out and, you know, I had the truck, I had the trailer, the equipment, it was all brand new. And in fact, we were over, happened to be Roger Clemens house, his lake house there in, in Mount Water. And, you know, you're trying to get that mower out of the, out of the back of the trailer. Oh yeah. It was, uh, self-propelled. Yeah. And we couldn't yeah. quite get it out. We were having trouble hitting the corners and that, but what we got, we learned, right? I mean, yeah, we, got, we, we learned, got we got better. And, uh, now it went from. I think we started off, I think we had, hey, Thursdays and Fridays were full days. And then turning, I think we were working a couple Saturdays. Yeah. And then we started, and everything was surprisingly right there in that subdivision. And then yeah. we branched off off to French Quarters and did some new new yards there. Yeah. But it was. Yeah, it grew it, pretty well. Yeah, it grew well. But um, with that, I mean, on some of my previous episodes, I've talked about know building your clientele building your your customer book and you kind of touched base about that uh, a little bit in your story and uh but i mean how much homework did you do and how much did you study your customer book or your you know the people you're going to i mean how how much time investing in that was is important you know just for anybody trying to start anything well and so i completely agree you do need to invest the time and do the research and that's for for anything, even if you're looking for a job, you know, you can kind of apply the same logic there. You know, learn as much as you can about the company you're applying for. Yeah. So you can ask the right questions and you kind of do the same thing in sales. But, you know, I can say early on, I did have the advantage of um, knowing those customers. A lot of them I knew yeah. because I live, you know, literally next door and, and within the same subdivision. And that just took, you know, me losing my ego, if you will, and saying, yeah. hey, you know, I'm going to you now. You guys know me as a corporate guy, but I'm I'm trying to start this company. Yeah. And can you can I cut your yard? You know, that's basically what it boiled down to. And so, you know, you got to have a, a little humil- humility there. Um, but but I completely agree. You know, doing your research, understanding. You know, in in, in my corporate job, certainly you know done sales, um, knowing what the customer wants, and and that's the key. Don't try to sell them something that they're not asking for. You need to first ask questions and shut up. 
and let them yeah. talk. You know, let them. Because they're going to tell you everything they want. Exactly. You just got to let them talk. Exactly. But no, I agree a hundred percent. And um, like, even like I said, I learned a lot of stuff there working with you and with uh, comes to irrigation because there was some stuff. Like I remember this one lady we did a a complete job for, her, and we had mentioned to her that. You know, we needed that she didn't have an irrigation system, but that she needed to water it three, at least two or three times a day, yeah. and she didn't do that. And when we came to mow or do a checkup, her, I think she had spent like three or four grand just on, on a bunch of different trees and plants and flowers, and they're all dead. And yeah. I'm like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. we told you you got to yeah. flower, you got to water them. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's important as you know, knowing your customers and. And just doing the homework, letting them and speak, and knowing what they want to do. Yeah. But um, and then you know, just what about the follow up? I mean, it, it, the follow up just as important as yeah. doing your homework for an for an initiation yeah. of it. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you listen to any kind of sales, you know, coaching, you got to be relentless. You know, I mean, it's not just you can't just ask one time and go for that. So you have to continue to follow up. You know, you and it's really. You know, even after the sale, the customer service on top of that, because, you know, again, I'll go back to the idea of trying to get a job. You know, you might get turned down, but you need to follow up. You need to, you know, thank that person for taking the time because yeah. you don't ever know what's going to happen on down the road. And in some cases I've seen where people, you know, have, have you know, provided a thank you letter and the person decided, hey, I want to hire this person. You know, I mean, they really. Yeah, you know, they went out the way that simple, that small gesture right. of of a thank you right so yeah a follow-up is key it's huge so for sure then um like i said the simple fact of i know like you said you you went to people you knew yeah. and but i know not everybody told you yes yeah. so how do you handle the nose yeah well you're always going to get nose there, there's no question i mean that's just part of it um you know you just you, you provided good service and you know just like any small business or business coming out, you know, I did a lot of marketing within the subdivision. People started, on, you know, seeing Innovative Outdoors on trucks, you know, and we had the logo. You remember yeah. that? I gave you guys shirts. Um, I wanted to build that brand. And, and so part of, you know, again, building a small business is is the branding of it and the marketing and really providing great service. Yeah. And, you know, people in this talking, we followed up, you know. Um, we were professional, right? I mean, I had a professional website. Uh, people could could pay online that was important to them you know they could easy access right it was it was easy it was convenient for them to do business with us because i was able to bring that professionalism you know to that company as opposed to them you know leaving cash underneath their their door yeah. or not being able to talk to the person that they're doing business with i mean those are important things even you know within landscape for sure then um i know one particular story which is pretty Pretty great, and Roger Clemens, when we went and did his yard, I think we're, he was doing a fish fry, and uh, me and the guys, the crew were sitting out there mowing. He had his house, and he had a lot right next to right. him, and we were mowing that, and uh, he just called us all over there, like, hey, you want some fish? Yeah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just invited us over for some fish, and I'm like, man, yeah, I said, we'll take a plate. And uh, we're like, no, 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 like, no, 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 come get a plate. You're going to take a plate. We got yeah. plenty of fish on our That's great. I didn't even know But, that. no, it's just... Uh, the simple, like I said, being professional about it, and like I said, touching you touched on branding. The simple fact of when a lot of people are starting smaller companies or just any company in general, you have a lot of people who 
don't look uniform. Yeah. They got, you know, people wearing different shirts, yeah. different, you know, we had the same shirts. We had the, the truck, we had the logo, yeah. you know, everything was nice, clean cut. Right. And that just, that goes a long way, especially yeah. when you're trying to grow a company sure. in the, the eye side of, you know, people looking in. Right. You know, and again, I, I took advantage of that, um, you know, having that pr- professional you know, experience that I had um, when I would talk to, to homeowners and, and, you know, you, these were nice houses that we were doing yeah. and, and some of the new installs. And so a lot of times they happen to be, you know, either retirees from oil and gas or chemicals, people that I could speak their language, you know, yeah. and we could talk corporate and, and, and a lot of the things that, that they're going through, they went through, you know, I was going through. So we had that connection there. And so I took advantage of that and they felt comfortable talking to me. And so we landed quite a few jobs that some of the home builders didn't think I would get because these were large, yeah. you know, large jobs. And we were pretty much a, a small company. I got corporate jobs, uh, you know, from doing the same thing. I was able to talk to people and, um, you know, get jobs that otherwise I wouldn't have gotten, um, you know, just being a small company competing with, with large, you know, yeah. other large companies. Yeah. Cause some of the, we were, they were running one crew and they Thursday and Friday, our schedule, we had 26, 26 houses we were having to do in those two days, which is a lot in two days. But then when right there in that subdivision, cause it's such a large subdivision, yeah. it was, it was a handful, but it was great. I mean, and then the beauty of it was when the work that we were doing and then the homeowner of another place that was using another company, they just see the small detail that you yeah. do. And, if you want to touch base on this, but it's just the simple fact of you don't always want to underbid your competition because that's, that's not what you're, that's not how you get sales. Right. Because you're going to undersell yourself. And at the end of the day, that's not how you make money. Yeah. We weren't trying to be the cheapest, right? No. By any means. Um, but we provided that value. You know, we provided the service, you know, professionalism and all the other things that we talked about. And so, you know, you don't want to be the cheapest. That's that's not what we were going for, for sure. Yeah. Because you always wanted a lot of folks, and I've had some some guys, some good friends of mine that have started their own landscape company, and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to take this whole project, but I'm going to underbid it so much. So I'm like, why are you underbidding? You're still going to do the same amount of work. Yeah. They're already paying this amount, so why would you do lower? Yeah. If not, just offer an extra service, which is a simple pick up the trash or yeah. turn the flower beds. Goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good way to, to go out of business. I mean, you yeah, can, you, you got to make a profit. Yeah, you can't run money. with no money. Yeah. And uh, but now the um, it was great and a lot of different aspects of just I learned a lot from you just working with you and it was an eye opener. And uh, I went from with working with you to Corey Boland pulled me off and he got me on a project over there in Leona. Yeah. And that will turn into, heck, a three-year project that was only supposed to be like a six-month project. Yeah. Turned into three years. And then it got me there with uh, Mark Burns for another year and a half mm. until it was finished. And But now it was great. So, I mean, what are you doing now? Yeah, so um, I'm doing independent consulting. You know, kind of went back into the IT world. Uh, so... You know, talking to businesses, understanding what their pain points are around digital transformation, IT. Hey, Caitlin, if you're watching this episode, 
<laughs> so yeah, you know, I kind of went back to to my roots a little bit, I guess if you want to call it that. But um, you know, I figured I probably maybe work for ten more years um, and you know finish it out this way. But um, yeah, it's it's going great. You know, enjoying it. So that's good. Well, if you have any IT issues or problems, or just look for somebody. Give Frank a call. We'll get his information put in the link below. And uh, But no, thank you, Frank, for being here. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Was, it was an honor, honor working for you, and it was great calling you a friend. Yep. Same here. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Well, guys, if you don't follow us now, just stay tuned. Uh, hit the like button, subscribe, share it to your audience or coworkers. And uh, if you have any questions, just feel free to give us a call. Let's get straight to the point. This is what you do and what you don't do. No bullshit.